everybody, and welcome to The Snap, a Marvel Cinematic Universe recap podcast where we're going to be talking about all 21 Marvel movies leading up to Avengers Endgame. I'm your host, Kayla Jouette, and on this episode, we're going to be talking about Doctor Strange. And I have a very, very cool Endgame theory um, on this movie. Once we get to the spoiler territory at the end, we'll talk about it. But but helping me to talk about this movie is Jared Shu. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Just like I said to you before we started, I had my coffee. I'm ready to roll, ready to talk mm-hmm. about it. Um, but yeah, tell tell everybody who you are. Uh, hi, I'm Jared Chu. Uh, you might know me as Queso Bros. Um, that is the alias I use everywhere, just because like it's some, something that no one ever uses uh, other than me. So, figured um, it's weird enough to to like make my name to identify myself as um <laughs> but yeah like i uh, am an artist i'm a writer um i sometimes make videos uh i've been slacking lately uh with doing that but uh but yeah i'm overall a creative um and yeah you can i i'm i'm basically i tweet a lot that's what i do <laughs> you tweet a lot but it's fine we all tweet a lot and that's how i know you i knew you from twitter and like the whole kind of funny community that's how we know each other so so yeah uh like I said, we're going to be talking about Doctor Strange today. It's a really great movie. It's a fairly short movie, too. Um, so it's going to be a really quick recap. Uh, before we get into the recap, just a layout of how the show is going to work. If you are new to the show, we're going to be doing about like a 10-minute recap. And then after the recap, we're going to be reviewing and talking about our feelings on the movie, what we liked from it. And then at the end, we're going to rate the film in the list that I've uh, watched so far. And then all the way to the end, we are going to be talking about some endgame theories and some maybe spoilers. So uh, I will warn everybody before we get there about possible spoilers. But but yeah, that's the layout for what we're going to do today. Jared, are you ready for me to recap this movie? I am absolutely ready for the recap. Let's go. (laughs) Let's do it. So this is the recap on Doctor Strange. We see three people approach an ancient library and use magic to cut off the librarian's head and steal pages out of an ancient book. Someone approaches and says, Master Kaecilius, that ritual will bring you only sorrow. And she chases after them and they start a really cool interdimensional fight that I can't really explain well over typing. Um... We meet Dr. Stephen Strange, who is a world-renowned surgeon who successfully performs a surgery on someone believed to be brain-dead, but actually wasn't. Uh, he's really arrogant. He's full of himself. He talks to another doctor in the ER unit, who is his ex, named Christine Palmer. And he um, gets ready that night to go to some fancy dinner for something that he's done. Um, and he speeds out in his fancy car. And he's speeding around cars, going really fast on this cliff and he and he answers the phone while he's driving and he's speeding around cars it starts raining he looks down at his phone and his car flies off the cliff and he crashes he wakes up in the hospital his hands and fingers are all broken and they had to stitch everything back together he is so upset because he could have done better than all the surgeons who operated on his hands so he continues to do Um, experimental surgeries on his hands to try and fix the nerve damage, but they are so damaged that he will probably never perform surgery ever again. He learns of this man who could not walk and went to therapy three times a week and then stopped showing up because he learned to walk again. We see that he's a real dick to Christine, who's been helping him throughout this process, and she's like, all right, I'm done. I'm leaving you. We're not doing this anymore. So he finds out exactly who this man is who couldn't walk before but then learned to walk. He goes and finds him. And he's playing basketball, and he asks him how he recovered, and he says that he sat with gurus and sacred women who elevated his mind. And he says there were deeper secrets to learn there, but he settled with his body being back to normal. So Strange takes this, and he goes to Nepal to seek out these gurus at a place called Kamartaj. He flows through the city, searching for this place, and is followed by a hooded figure. As Strange enters an alley, he is beat up by some thugs for his watch, and the hooded man saves him and helps him find his way to Camertage. The man tells him to forget everything he thinks he knows, and then leads him inside. He goes into the sanctuary of their teacher, the Ancient One. She greets him and says that she knows about his surgeries and why he is here. He asks how she healed the man with irreversible spinal damage, and she says that he thought he couldn't walk anymore, and she convinced him that he could. She says that she knows how to reorient the spirit to better heal the body. 
he is arrogant and he doesn't believe her since it's not scientific. So he goes to kind of like poke her um, and she pushes him out of his astral form. And for a moment, he's like floating in this astral dimension and she's showing him just how much he doesn't know. She tells him to open his eye and sends him falling through the universe into all these different visuals of the multiverse. And she tells him that the universe is one of a limitless number as he's flying through the different universes. He comes back and he asks her to teach him and she throws him out for being disrespectful. They let him in after sitting outside the door for five hours. So he starts learning immediately. She shows him that they harness energy from the multiverse to cast spells, to conjure shields, and to make magic. So he goes to the library and he meets Wong, who lets him into the master's only section since he's running through books so quickly. We learn that Caecilius, from the beginning, stole a page out of the Book of Time. We see him and his followers performing dark time spells to summon Dormammu, the evil darkness of one universe that eats other universes. Strange is learning how to summon his powers, but he is struggling. And he's blaming it on his shaking hands, but she shows him that there is a man with them with a missing hand who summons it perfectly fine. So she opens a portal onto the top of Mount Everest and leaves him there so that he can open a portal and surrender himself to the magic. And he struggles still until he finally calms himself down enough, opens his first portal, and comes back to them freezing. He goes back to Wong in the library to ask for a book on astral projection, and Wong denies him. So he just uses his new powers on portals to steal them. And we see him using astral projection for his mind to study while his body sleeps. The each one learns that he is going through the motions really fast. So she shows him the mirror dimension to train and sometimes contain threats. When Strange and Mordu train, Strange asks him about Caecilius and the Ancient One, and he tells him not to lose his way, and Strange questions them blindly following the Ancient One. So that night, he opens up the time book and sees a picture of a relic that is sitting right in front of him. So he goes up to it, he takes it, and uses it like the book tells him to. This is called the Eye of Magamoto. Inside of the relic reveals to be the Time Stone, which we know what that is, the viewers know what that is, but Strange doesn't know what that is. So he uses the spell from the book to reverse time on this apple that he just ate. So then it works, and he opens up the page that was ripped out and uses it to reveal um, what was stolen from the book. Mordo and Wong approach him and tell him that he is tampering with the natural law, and they tell him that heroes like the Avengers protect the world from physical danger, while the sorcerers protect them from the multiverse dangers, and there are three sanctums that they protect, Hong Kong, New York, and London. They generate a protective shield around the world, and Strange says that, I came here to heal my hands and not to fight in some mystical war. Um, and while he's talking to them about this, Caecilius breaks through the London Sanctum and comes through to their library. So Strange walks through this door to protect himself and ends up in the New York City Sanctum for safety. And he's still wearing the Eye of Magamoto. While walking around, he discovers Caecilius breaking into the New York Sanctum as well. He goes to fight them, but they're clearly way better at manipulating the world than he is. Um, so he ends up kicking one of Caecilius's people into a desert, one into a jungle, until it's just them two left. And they're fighting in this room with a ton of relics, and he accidentally busts open this glass case with this cloak inside of it, and the cloak kind of has a mind of its own, and it attaches itself to him and protects him from danger. So he rises up with the cloak on to give us that full Doctor Strange look. So he traps Caecilius, who tells him that he cannot stop this, and it's the end and the beginning. He tells him that we can all live forever in Dormammu's dimension. Time kills everything, and that time doesn't affect them there. He tells him that we all go to Comritage to be healed, but she sends us on her way after. She lives so long because she uses the power of Dormammu. As he talks, one of Caecilius's men stabs Doctor Strange, and the cloak tries to protect him uh, while he escapes out of there. So he draws a portal into the hospital ER that Christine Palmer works at. He finds her. She takes him on this operating table, and he passes out. While she takes his vitals, uh, he appears to her in astral form, and she starts kind of freaking out. Um, as he's doing this, one of the other men from Caecilius comes in in astral form as well, and they have this weird fight um, like, ghost-looking fight. So, he wins. He comes back alive onto the table so that she can stitch him up. And he apologizes to her for being a complete asshole and tells her what he's been up to. And she says that it sounds like he's in a cult. <laughs> so, he leaves through a portal in front of her and heads back to New York Sanctum to retrieve his new relic, the Cloak of Levitation. 
The Master and Mordo are there, and she tells him that the London Sanctum has fallen, and now that the Master here has fallen, he has to be the Master here now. And he tells her that he doesn't want to kill anymore. He swore an oath to save lives. And he calls her out for using the power of Dormammu for immortality, and that she draws power from the Dark Dimension to stay alive. And she says, measure your words carefully. And Mordo is shook by this news and is very angry at him for even saying these things. While they argue, Caecilius and two more people come back to the Sanctum to start another ritual. Strange puts everyone in the mirror dimension, and Caecilius makes this affect all of Manhattan. So they're doing this weird mirror dimension fight throughout the city that you probably, again, will have to watch on YouTube because it's, it's weird and I can't describe it. Um, visually stunning, but it's very weird. So... Um, as they're doing this, Mordo tells them that their affliction with the Dark Dimension makes them more powerful here, so this was basically suicide. Stanley has a small cameo here as a man on a bus laughing at this book while Strange and Mordo fly into it. Uh, basically, so skyscrapers are bending into each other, the city is twisting, um, the fight continues, and the Master shows up and makes a platform for them to fight on that kind of looks similar to the Kingdom Hearts stained glass platforms. Um... And Mordo sees that she does draw power from the, from Dormammu, and she tells Caecilius that his new teacher deceives him, that immortality is torment. And they're fighting, he stabs her and kicks her out of the mirror dimension where she falls down and crashes into the street. So Strange brings her to Christine again, where she can operate on her. They're losing her, so he goes into his astral form to follow her astral form to this ledge, and she says all of her futures led her here, and she never saw his future. She says arrogance and fear keep him from learning the most significant lesson, that it's just not about him. He learns that he can use this magic to go back to his old life, but the world would be lesser for it. And she says death is what gives life meaning, and then she passes. So we pan to Hong Kong, where Caecilius goes to destroy the Sanctum. Strange approaches Mordu and tells him that she's dead, and he feels betrayed by her use of the Dark Dimension. And Strange tells him that he can't defeat them alone at Hong Kong and asks him to come with him, but by the time they get there, the Sanctum has already fallen and the Dark Dimension starts devouring their planet. And Strange says, it's not too late, and he uses the Time Stone to draw back time and reverse everything that happened up until Caecilius's first arrival in Hong Kong. So this scene looks pretty cool. We see everything moving in reverse. Uh, he rescues Wong, lets him in on the time reversal so they can defend the Sanctum, but Caecilius breaks the reversal to stop time completely. And Caecilius says, isn't it beautiful? A world beyond time, beyond death. And Doctor Strange says, beyond time. And he flies up to meet Dormammu face to face. And he tells him, Dormammu, I've come to bargain. And Dormammu says, you've come to die. And he kills Strange. And then it goes in reverse, and he jumps out again and says, Dormammu, I've come to bargain. And Dormammu recognizes this illusion and kills him again. So this keeps happening over and over and over again, because Strange has looped time so that eternally he will continue to die just so that everyone on Earth will live. Um, this happens over and over until Dormammu finally gets fed up, and uh, Strange tells him to take his followers and his assault and never come back to Earth. And if he does this, he will break the loop. So he comes back down. Caecilius and his people are basically turned into, like, these, like, stone people. And they fly up into Dormammu's universe. Strange again reverses time to restore the sanctum and everyday life. Mordo is upset with the way that they handled things by breaking the natural laws. And he says the bill comes due always. He says he will follow this path no longer and leaves them. So Strange goes back to the sanctum to return the eye of Magamoto, And Wong says, yeah, it's wise to not walk the streets with an infinity stone. And he says the wor that word will spread across the multiverse of what happened here. So we must be ready for an attack. And Strange says we will be ready. He puts on his cloak and rises to his new post as the master of the New York Sanctum. So that is the end of the movie. We have two scenes here. The end credit scene number one. Uh, Thor is in the Sanctum. And he says, so Earth has wizards now? Um, Doctor Strange gives him a large cup of beer. And he tells him that he keeps a list of dangerous people to Earth. And his brother Loki is one of those people. So why did he bring him here? And Thor is like, it's a bit of a long story. Family drama. We're looking for my father. And Strange is like, all right, if you knew where Odin was, you would return to your world promptly. And he's like, yes. So Strange is like, great. Allow me to help you. So end scene two, we see Mordu approach the man who relearned to walk after going to Comertage. 
and he says he's been away for many months now, and the true purpose of a sorcerer is to twist things by stealing power and perverting nature, just like him. And and the guy says, this is my power, and Mordu takes the power from him, makes him fall to the ground, and he says, what's wrong with the world is that there's too many sorcerers. And that is Doctor Strange. Jared, tell me what you thought about this film. I liked it a lot. Um, I think my favorite thing about uh, what Doctor Strange brings to the table with the MCU is that it's it adds a layer to the MCU that you didn't really think about, like dimension stuff and magic right. and like the entire, multiverse, like, right? Yeah, the multiverse, like the mysticism that goes with like everything. Uh, because like if you're like if you know anything about Marvel comics, like it's all about different universes mm-hmm. and uh like protecting things from coming from different universes to another or things merging or whatnot and whatnot um and like this just kind of set up the possibility of that being a thing in the mcu and uh a lot more things so i i love it just because of that aspect um well also i going in was not the biggest doctor strange fan um yeah i because, like, didn't know uh, anything about doctor strange before this film yeah i personally thought the character was like one of the most meh characters in all of like Marvel stuff, and then uh, they made him, they Tony Starked him up to the point where they made him like arrogant but interesting to watch. Uh, so definitely a Tony Stark thing that they did, a hundred percent. But yeah, um, I really love what they did with the whole multiverse because, like you said, comic book fans and people who have read the series know that there is a ton of different multiverses in the Marvel universe and different books that have um, come out and stuff. So introducing this does introduce that possible thing that could happen like think about the fact that we just got a fox merger um Mm, using dr strange possibly dr strange 2 i mean i know we're going to get it eventually um but now that this has happened like we've had this merger i don't know if they filmed anything for dr strange 2 yet but they could use that to maybe bring in like x-men or fantastic four like merging that'd be a really cool thing um which obviously we could talk about after like the end game spoilers part but that that's interesting to think about so yeah it's crazy it's very crazy and the fact that we have a superhero who is actually actively using an infinity stone similar to vision and um you know his powers but like he is the only one who ends up knowing what the infinity stone is at the end because technically yeah. vision and them don't know what it is they just know it's this like powerful gem so like, he's i got this thing in my head um <laughs> it does it talks sometimes but i don't know right and um this is such a like visually stunning film mm, i remember yeah. seeing this in theaters and just being like blown away i think i saw it in imax and like the first scene where she taps into his mind and like sends him off on this like astral projection and the one that comes to mind every time that really freaked me out was when all of his hands started oh, the growing. hands turned the fingers turned the hands and, and then it turned and, uh, into him and he went in oh it was such a weird uh, scene it's and, so weird Oh, it's so weird. But the whole movie is like that. The whole movie has these weird interdimensional like scenes with the um, the mirror dimension. Everything about that was just really, really cool. I don't even know how they made that come to life, but it's just I remember amazing. seeing a tweet from the director before, like way before this movie came out, maybe like a year before it was it came out. And like him saying, this is a weird movie, guys. I can't believe Marvel's <laughs> letting me do this. Like, this is really right. weird. It's so weird, but... It was amazing. It was a really, really cool movie. Um, As many of you know who are listening, I'm not a huge origin story fan, Mm -hmm. um, but this one was pretty cool. You know, I think I'm really excited for the the next step of this because this was very much an introduction to him and the character and, uh, you know, how he gets his powers and his cloak and the learning phase. But I think the end scene when we see... um, Mordo kind of come up and say there's too many sorcerers and we know that he's going to be this like lurking person in the shadows that'll come into effect later I'm really excited for what they do and like more world building that we'll see and more character development yeah I'm pretty excited too like it's uh it's something that like since uh Doctor Strange came out I've been having this lingering thought about how well, like it's it's had like this little like stamp on the MCU like in the background you just got like without not like 
being upfront with it, but like mm-hmm. with its weird like mysticism is actually a thing. Uh, just remember that that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes from there. Yeah, and then when you think about the end, when when um, Mordo does leave, mm-hmm. and he's like, "You have no idea what all of this time looping that you've just done like could have set into effect." Which again could be another thing that like brings up something that happens in a future film, or even something that might have made a ripple effect within everything is Doctor Strange's fault, right? <laughs> Basically, so yeah, pretty cool. Again, I I don't know, I love. I love this film. I thought it was really fun. Um, again, a little bit lacking on. Uh, it's an origin story. It's lacking on like the 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 right development that I want to see in a film. But I like that they introduced Doctor Strange because he is a very important player mm, in Infinity yeah. War. So, hundred percent. Well, you mentioned like the visual effects. Uh, mm-hmm. I like remember seeing the visual effects for the first time in this movie and like with like the sparks and like the like the like pretty much like like the sparklers uh a sparkler effect that all of the like magic orange magic like has throughout like mm-hmm. everything throughout the movie uh just like invoked like this very like realistic looking like it felt like it was like a physical fire that could actually be in the hands of someone and would look right. so cool um and uh i it's it's just a really cool weird visual effect thing but uh and then also like the inception style mirror dimension like uh like scenes folding over on themselves and whatnot is also like just visually stunning mm-hmm. um what did you think about caecilius uh caecilius i mean he seemed very hmm very generic yeah um, i would i would definitely agree yeah i love mads mickelson um but he also doesn't really play the most like uh memorable characters in the world yeah um but yeah like he uh he had some like that line when uh like when he kept on calling uh him mr doctor like uh <laughs> he had some good lines uh yeah there his was motivations a actually, a good amount of humor yeah his motivations seemed like understandable like not necessarily that like he's a he's not not justifiable but uh like you understand where what his motivations are pretty easily and uh like why he why he does what he does uh whether it be right or not which is absolutely not um but uh he he was interesting just very samey i guess yeah samey that's we have that happen with a lot of these marvel movies with those like cookie cutter villains that are basically a little bit similar to the um, protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought both villains in this film were pretty like forgettable. I thought Caecilius was very forgettable. Forgettable. Dormammu was forgettable, but not like the only reason I'm going to remember Dormammu is because it's this big multiverse and it's the end, like eating the world. But like besides yeah. that, I didn't feel as a lingering threat as it should have been watching mm-hmm. the film. Like I was just more into the visual effects and how fast paced the, the film was and everything. So it didn't feel like we were ever really like even when we were they were like oh it's too late and then he's like let's turn back time something about that made me never worry about them anything yeah because it's like yeah i don't know like we know you could turn back time and then even when he was like jumping in uh in this time loop in front of dormammu like i knew what was gonna happen i was like okay he's looped time he's gonna fix it somehow so i just never felt threatened by it like i should have um, which was kind of a downfall to this film. I think they could have done something really cool and dark with that. Um, I think what would have been more effective, at least for Dormammu, would giving him like a more physical manifestation instead of him right. just being like like a cloud. Like I think in the comics, he has like a body and everything. Um, but uh, but like yeah, just being like oh okay, she's just a cloud guy standing there. He shoots a beam. Um, just. <laughs> didn't really he had no character um and you didn't really know why you're supposed to be afraid of him um by looking at him um other than the fact oh it's a big scary face um right but yeah he uh he was also lacking uh overall the villains were not the best i you know what sucks too is like you know i i really do like this film but so many forgettable faces like i completely forgot that rachel mcadams was in this film mm-hmm. until yeah. i popped on the the movie again and i was like oh yeah i forgot she's like an important role in this film which sucks because i love rachel mcadams but yeah it it, it kind of sucks that like she 
like she's a good she's a good the character's really good um mm-hmm. but like her overall impact on like everything like is just so minimal that you're like oh it's not the most memorable character in the world right uh because of that so yeah um I mean, besides the forgettableness of this film, again, I really did like it. It was so cool to watch, too, and to watch this really shitty person have this character development Mm, that I wish Tony Stark would have had in one film. You know, like it took Tony like three films to finally come a little bit down to earth. It took him like two two phases to actually understand. (laughs) Right, exactly. And then we have um, Doctor Strange, who is such an ass, and then Mm. realizes, you know his potential and what he has that he's been doing which is really cool so yeah like his is he realizes his responsibility is bigger than his ego mm-hmm. um yeah. which uh is a good lesson because uh your ego shouldn't be the biggest thing right i uh i think i mentioned this when we were texting back and forth before but like the implication of like what introducing like sling rings and like the magical side of this has on like all of the MCU specifically for me, I'm a really um, big MCU TV show nerd mm-hmm. um, who uh, like I've been watching like the runaways and I've been watching um, agents of shield. And both of those have characters that uh, when you dig deeper into them have very big implications to sling rings and uh, the ancient one. Uh, I think when they introduced ghost rider and agents of shield, he's his like, he's like a, whip that is a sling ring that lets him teleport and uses the same effects as uh like a sling ring would in doctor strange um and then one of the main characters in uh runaways has uh like her little power comes from a um from a sling ring or from a um an artifact um and at one point like in the last season like her eyes turn into like kaecilius's like weird like digitized like black yeah, uh, crumbly yeah, yeah. eyes and whatnot. Um, so, like, just the weird, like, little little bits and bobs that, like, hey, this allowed all of these other smaller characters to have basically like a a way to do their magic sort of things uh, because of this movie. Just also right. introduced, or just also made like it feel like an overall like world that uh, they've been building, uh, which is awesome. Yeah, and I've mentioned this before. I'm, I haven't watched like any of the um, and like Marvel um, TV shows, so I'm a little behind on that. But it is really cool that I see this. Ha- like people always mention that the fact that the MCU builds so much for for the other TV shows and everything. So that's really awesome that they do that. It's so comic booky. Like, hey, mm-hmm. if you want to know uh, why this thing's here, uh, go read this comic book uh, or right. <laughs> um, go watch this show or this movie if you want to understand this. Right. But yeah, before we get into the rating system, like I said, um, if there's anything else that you want to bring up too, but but yeah, this this film was very like okay for me. I I really liked it. I liked how visually stunning it was, and the introduce like the way they introduced Doctor Strange because of how of how much of an important player he is. Um, but I think I'm looking more forward to Doctor Strange two to see a little bit more about what happens there. Yeah. Um, because it's an origin story, I have a feeling it's not going to make it very high on my list. But I guess we'll see. Oh, are you building your minutes. list as you go with this yeah. podcast? Oh man, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> Jared, um, are you? Do you? Have, do you have anything else? Uh, not really. Like I like this movie a lot. Like I was when I was watching it on Sunday, I was like, huh, I forgot how much I I enjoy this movie. Um, I think. Uh, I think I made other friends watch this movie with me being like, it's the Harry Potter of the MCU. Um, <laughs> or like, it's the, do you like, you like magic stuff, right? Um, but course. yeah, like it, it overall like is a, like a very solid movie. Um, there's nothing like really like, like it's a good movie, fun, fun time, good jokes, great special effects. Um, and yeah, overall a great time. Great time. Well, now that we are talking about how, how we felt about it um i need to know from you what are your top three mcu films and where dr strange like plays a role in your all of your films put together okay do you want me to do the second one first or whichever one you want okay so looking at my list because i keep an ongoing list every time i see a an mcu movie i like put it in this list i've done this for like i don't know three years four years i don't know um 
but I have Winter Soldier currently on top. Um, nice. Just because I like after seeing that movie, I like adored it. I like was so into that movie. That uh, is a great like, film with great character development. Great character I development, the film. choreography, it introduces like characters that uh that have character, like like it introduces Sam Wilson in a in a really smart and fun way. Um it uh basically shakes up the entire uh the entire movie series with the implications it has and like uh just overall it's a great movie. I love it. Right. Uh number two I currently have is Black Panther. Nice. Um yeah, Black Panther, while it's uh while it's uh special effects with the CG are not the best, uh it's characters, it's um the character motivations, the villain's motivation, the soundtrack, the uh visuals when it comes to like the costume design and uh the lighting, like it's just such a visual and audio spectac- spectacle that I just loved every single minute of it. Um and then number three I have Infinity War. Um just mainly because like uh that movie's so good. It the movie is it, so it, good. <laughs> it, it takes advantage of being the season finale of uh of a, like nineteen movies before it. Uh but man, it's a good season finale. It, it is, is such so a good, good season finale, and then when you think about it, like Endgame is gonna be like the I don't even know, would that like would Endgame be like a premiere almost like because when you think think about it like yes it is a a part two and it's a closing but at the same time like whatever happens at the end of this film is going to set us up for the rest of the mcu and what's going to follow it so i I would think of it maybe as like part two of the season uh uh, finale maybe um so like it's gonna tease what's coming next but also uh resolve what currently is uh ongoing so it's so exciting it's so exciting i'm Ready. I'm so ready. I'm so ready. Man, I just need to go watch. And now I need to. I'm, this is going to make me go watch every single movie now. <laughs> well, we you have um, about like a week and a half to do so. Yeah, for, as of recording. Uh, so <laughs> we'll see if I can actually do that. Yeah. I at least want to um, watch uh, Infinity War. Right. It's on Netflix. So exactly. if you are trying to watch it's Infinity so easy. War before, check it out on Netflix. Just log in. It's there. Just do it. It's there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, where is Doctor Strange in your list of films? So in my list, it is, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It is number 10. Number 10. Okay. Yeah. So it's like smack dab in the middle. In the middle. Yeah. That's a fair, I think that's a fair placement. I would say um, it's going to be around there for me as well. So yeah, it's, it's, as I said, it's uh, a very good movie and enjoyable movie. Um, so the hardest thing about ranking these movies is that they're all like, None of them are bad movies. Like, there are some that are way better than others, and there are some that are way worse than others. But none of them are like, man, I really wasted my time watching that movie. Right, yeah, um, of course. And, like, so when you got, like, ten amazing movies to to sort through, you're like, oh, man, this should this be number ten? Uh, then you're <laughs> like, oh, man, nine of these are masterpieces. Um, yeah, it gets really weird. But, yeah, I think Middle of the Road is probably, like, the best kind of ranking for that, personally. For sure. Um, so this is episode 14, so Mm. we will have 14 movies on my list as of today. So number one, we have Avengers. Number two, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm, Number three, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. It's so good. (laughs) Uh, number three, Winter Soldier. Number four, Civil War. Mm. Number five, Age of Ultron. Number six, Captain America, the first Avenger. Number seven, Iron Man. Number eight, Doctor Strange. Number nine, Ant-Man. Number 10, Thor. Number 11, The Incredible Hulk. Number 12, Iron Man 3. Number 13, Iron Man 2. And number 14, Thor Dark World. Hmm. What did you think about that list? Yeah, like whenever I was making this list originally, um, (laughs) Thor the Dark World, like I, it is, it's like the second last on mine. I think The Incredible Hulk is uh, my least favorite one. Mm -hmm. Um, but like Thor: The Dark World, like I love how visual how it looks visually. But yeah, the story is just not there. Not there. No. Nope. Want want. It's wah, fine. Wah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that is the rating system as of today. We'll update on the next episode. Um, but yeah, before we get into some juicy endgame theories, Ooh. and do I have a juicy one? Um, Jared, thank you for. Coming out and talking talking about uh, Doctor Strange with me. 
Oh, no problem. It's a really, really fun film, and it's good to have you on. Um, so like he said before, if you want to check out um, his content, and he tweets a lot, go follow him on Twitter. It's at Queso Bros. So yes. Q-U-E-S-O-B-R-O-S, Queso Bros. Yes. Um, and you also have an art Instagram, right? Yes, it's Queso Bros Art. Uh, so just Queso Bros and then the word art after it. So it's right. pretty simple to find. Cool. Are you um, like doing like commissions or anything right now? I am. Um, I'm also currently like doing a thing where every weekday I'm trying to draw a Pokemon. Um, going Fun. through the order of, um, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life, but all 800 <laughs> or whatever of them. Um, right. And we'll see uh, how far that gets. Uh, but my goal is to do one Pokemon uh, every day for every weekday. So we'll see how far I get. That's awesome. That's such a fun um, project. I'm excited to see how far you get because you will be doing this. For quite a long time. Quite a long time. <laughs> I think I calculated like years. Three, four years. Yeah. Maybe more than that. We'll yeah, see. we'll see how that goes. Uh, <laughs> it's a good thing I like Pokemon because, right. uh, well, I mainly did this because I was like, I need something to, do, to like motivate me to actually do art every day. And, uh, and like, I like Pokemon. Like, it's like my number one love in my life. Uh, let's, uh, let's dedicate uh, art to that. So right. basically mix them together and see. We'll see how this goes. Well, that's awesome. That's a really cool thing to to set yourself up for. Um, and again, make sure to follow me on Twitter for the updates on the podcast at the Snap MCU, where you will find out when the episodes are up. Also, you can give me some feedback on the film if you would like. Also, if you are listening on iTunes service, uh, make sure to give us a rating and maybe tell us your favorite part of the episode or who your favorite guest has been or anything like that. Just Please let say me know. Me. <laughs> Pick Jared, please. Please. <laughs> um, so, yeah, before we go full endgame, uh, let's talk right now about spoilers. They might happen. So if you are not interested in being spoiled for, like, Infinity War or anything that came after Infinity War, or maybe if, you know, you don't want one of my theories to come true and you you just want to go in blind, this is where I cut you off and say farewell. So... So yeah, thank you for listening. The next episode, we're going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which Ooh. is another interesting film where I have an interesting take, aka I don't really love it. You'll hear why. Oh, um, man. <laughs> I actually like that one more than the first one. That's what a lot of people tell me, and I just, uh, It's because of character development, so we'll see how it, it goes. Character development is good, but like, oh, don't mm, like yeah. the jokes. Not fun for me. Uh, thank you for having me. Good point. So yeah. Uh... For sure, check out the next episode of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. But let's talk Endgame, Jared. Before I go off on my tangent, I really got to know, do you have anything that you really want from this film? Uh, I want to see someone die. <laughs> Anybody in particular? Um, not that I want... Okay, like, there's no character I want to see die. There's some people I oh, think who will die. You don't want... Um, like, you don't have, like, one burning, like, oh, hope this character dies. Um, uh, not really, honestly. Okay, me um, either. I was just testing you. <laughs> like, I, uh, I'm really, uh, interested to see what happens because, like, in knowing in the background, like, of contracts expiring and whatnot, like, I assume that, like, Cap might die, especially right. since he dies, like, three times in the comics, uh, and, uh, I, I can assume that, like, some of the, uh, older generation uh, Avengers will, uh, either die or something will happen to them where they're no longer in the series, mm -hmm. uh, so... Um, I don't hope anyone's dead, but I, I, I'm coming to the conclusion that someone is going to die and I will cry. For sure. Yeah, I think uh, most people have that have that in their head that Cap's going to go. Other people might die as well. And I think that's what needs to happen in this film. I think there, mm -hmm. you know, obviously we're going to be cry we're going to cry no matter what happens. But I think, you know, there needs to be closure on a lot of characters and they're just to not have them die and just to like live in the background kind of feels like a cop out. So I feel like we're, we're going to need some closure for sure. Exactly. And like uh, the fact that there haven't really been stakes out until infinity war, like no one's like really, no one's really died exactly. or like impactfully died uh, to a point where you're like, Oh man, it's time for me to start crying. Um, and I think and that was the, not necessarily the issue with infinity war, because I think it, builds up you know the whole plot of endgame and everybody left really shocked but as soon as you leave the movie and you're like in tears and you're shocked you're thinking like well we know they're gonna come back yeah it, like we know it wasn't infinite so we know that there was no real stakes i mean obviously loki and uh gamora died before the snap but mm -hmm. still there and heimdall are, 
Yeah, and the Heimdall as well. And but there's still an opportunity for Gamora to come back because she's yeah. technically trapped in the Soul Stone. I don't think the other two really have that option yeah. unless we get that time travel. Um, but Which yeah, I think I there think, will be. Uh, yeah, for so sure. that's going to complicate some stuff. So, are you ready to hear my my crazy theory? I am absolutely ready. Please put it on <laughs> me. Let's go. So, I'm going to give a huge shout out to the new rock stars on YouTube. If you oh, have yeah. check out their content, they have so many theories. As soon as one trailer pops out, they are putting in a really great theory. Um, so, this is kind of what I picked up from them. And I watched this like the day it went out. So, if I mess something up, whatever, blame me for it. But. <laughs> Yeah, shout-out to New Rockstars. They mentioned something really cool that I never noticed. So when you think about the Infinity Stones and you watch whenever um, Thanos goes to use one, one of the stones glows. But other than that, they're just pretty stationary. They're just there. They're not glowing. Um, so this is the theory. So when we see Doctor Strange hand off the stone to um, Thanos, the stone is glowing as he's handing it off. Mm. So the theory is that Doctor Strange has put the Avengers in a time loop to where they will have to go through infinite endings, a.k.a. maybe like, what was it, the 14 million that he said? There's like a crap ton of endings until they get the right one, until they do it right. They're going to have to keep doing these things, and which could also explain like, you know, we know that they're going to go um, into the the past and stuff based on well we don't know that but we're thinking that based on the quantum suits and everything there's a lot of really cool scenes in the trailers where we see tony flying over the new york skyline that kind of reminds us of avengers one and things like that that make us think that there's gonna be going back in time to find the stones and such um but yeah i think that would be such a cool plot twist like maybe Maybe what happens is right when the movie starts, the Avengers all meet up and they're like, all right, let's go. Let's go take it to his door. Like Captain Marvel says, like, well, we got to go. We're going to go do it now. He's vulnerable. Like, we're going to go get the stones from him and we're going to we're going to fix it. Maybe they go there and then he like something doesn't work out. And then all of a sudden it reverses and they're like back in the room again. And they're like, what just happened? And then Tony's like, Dr. Strange said 14 million endings what if he set us up on a time loop you know and then like oh man like that would be awesome that would be so cool and obviously well we don't know anything's for sure based on trailers because the russo brothers have messed with us in the past yeah they they put fake stuff in the trailers all the time yeah so but we see a lot of those scenes where black widow has the grown-out red hair and we can assume that time has passed so Mm -hmm. what if it's taking them so long to find the right ending, right? Because there's so many of them. So they keep on taking these new ways and these new new approaches until finally they're like, maybe, maybe we need to go back in time and to maybe we need to go get all the stones before he does. And then that's when they go in back in time with the quantum realm and everything. And then maybe they get all the stones and at the end they go for the big fight. And oh my God, what a cool theory. What a cool idea for how the movie plays out. That'd be really interesting, just like kind of like Groundhog Daying it like over and over again. So that is my theory. It's technically not my theory. I didn't make it up. So like I said, new rock stars, check them out on YouTube. They have so many fun theories. If you want to go down that rabbit hole, it's really cool. So yeah, shout out to them for that. Because now I'm like, ooh, Doctor Strange, you did something there. Oh, Doctor Strange. <laughs> so yeah. Um, is there any other like maybe theories or something that you want to um, take a gander on? Yeah, I have a few. Um, do you do you know what happens in the Infinity War comic uh, story? I know of a couple different endings. Like I know about the ending where uh, Nebula gets the stones, and mm-hmm. like I know there's one from Forever Ago where Adam Warlock comes in and gets the stones at the end. Like I, that, but I never, I've never read the actual Infinity War comic, so I don't know how they take place and what happens and everything. So yeah, so in. like. I've already, like, ruled out of Adam Warlock and Silver Surfer, because, like, those are, like, the two main characters in the comic for the Infinity War, uh, mm-hmm. who, like, pretty much take down Thanos. But since, like, the whole Fox thing is just now starting, it's not like we're going to see them in this movie, and we know that Adam Warlock's going to be in Guardians eventually. Um, but uh, but Nebula being alive, and, the st- and like, the only, like, Guardian, like, really character outside of Rocket still alive, really makes me think, oh, she's going to have an impact on right. how the story ends, uh, especially like just with uh, Thanos being her adoptive father and uh, with all that. 
um, going into Infinity War, like I knew people were going to die from a snap because like that's how the Infinity War comic starts. And so it was so funny looking at my friends left and right being like, what, what, what? <laughs> um, and I'm like, yeah, this happens. Um, and uh, with Nebula, whenever they uh, in the comics, like Thanos has like Nebula in this like really like weird like state of being like uh zombified but like levitating next to him in like a throne room um which kind echoed... of like we saw in infinity war right exactly yeah um and whenever i saw that i was like oh we're, she's gonna be okay we're actually doing these really cool references to um the comic and we're going she's gonna have some sort of impact with that um so i think that she is going to get the um gauntlet with the stones um and then we have to finish her off if we want to fix everything that'd be cool um, because she has kind of been portrayed as that like similar to loki character where she's mm-hmm. like now she's good and she has some scenes where she's good but she's always kind of going after her own gain and i feel like she is the kind of character that like obviously her whole motivation through the entire thing was to kill her father like she's on ronin's side and she's like as soon as ronin says like i'm gonna kill Thanos she's like all right let's fucking go right so she's going after Gamora she's trying to like erase everybody who's like screwed her over her whole life and I can totally see her like defeating Thanos and then being that person that succumbs to the power really easily and then they have to take her down which I think would be a little bit less fun obviously than a huge Thanos fight just being Nebula but um but yeah I can see that happening yeah, so, like, uh, uh, what I said in the comics, like, every everyone dies, like, eventually, because Thanos, like, when they fight Thanos, he ends up, like, everyone who like, survived the snap ends up fighting Thanos, and they all just get murdered by Thanos. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everyone's dead, and it takes, like, a whole lot of mumbo-jumbo that I'm not gonna, like, go into, because it's a little complicated, but everyone's dead, everyone eventually comes back at, at the end, uh, but yeah, it's a... It, uh, her getting the stones is a big catalyst in that happening um so i'm thinking that's kind of what they're going to want to hearken to but also it's an mcu movie so they're going to be changing a lot of things uh so i'm excited to see what's going to happen that's like my favorite thing about these kind of stories that i know a little bit about going in is that like i know they're going to be different so i'm like they're still going to blow my mind because i have no idea how they're going to get there um and i'm i'm really excited to see what happens with that me too i'm so ready i'm so ready we're almost there. Almost. And I hope, I hope, like, you know, there's been so many fun theories. And I always say this, like, yes, we are digging deep and we are coming up with these theories and maybe we're right, but I still hope they just surprise us. You know, something happens and then we're just like, I never saw this coming. What? You know, it'd be awesome. Yeah. Like suddenly, suddenly Hugh Jackman shows up. <laughs> right. Like what? Like what if they like knew the whole time that this merger was going to happen, but they just had to wait till this contract was like mm-hmm. up a certain amount of years. So they had already like filmed scenes with like some of the new X-Men or, you know, like some, like something crazy happens. I doubt it. Maybe like Deadpool shows up. Are we going to do the thing like in the comics insane. when they merge like the ultimate like universe, kind of about it. <laughs> merge the ultimate universe and the regular universe together and uh, have multiple versions of people what i really mm-hmm. want is spider-man uh i want a spider-man movie that's basically spider-verse but uh you get tom mcguire andrew garfield and tom holland all in one oh, movie shit. <laughs> yeah let's do it i just want like a cameo of them like in the next in like far from home or something that'd be so that'd be cool amazing like we would like fans would literally like shit themselves if toby mcguire was like maybe like I don't know how he's traveling around Europe and far from home, but maybe he's like the the person on like a high speed train that's like passing out drinks. Like we just see Toby mm-hmm. McGuire, and he looks kind of emo, like his hair's uh, <laughs> like through. <laughs> That'd be perfect. That'd be so fun. Yeah, the things I need that. that I want. Yeah, now I'm gonna want that. If if that if I go into theaters for Far From Home and I don't see Toby McGuire in it, I think I'm gonna write a nasty letter to the director. <laughs> be like. Bob Iger, why? Why? Why, why did you do this to me? Why did why you, you allow this to happen? <laughs> um, we should start like a hashtag, like put put the old Spider Man in the movie hashtag something or hashtag Toby them. Toby Garfield for Far From Home. Yes, that's the hashtag. If you're listening, take to Twitter right now. Let's start a revolution. Get them in the film. They can film some last minute scenes as of today. So. Let's demand it. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, Jared, you got any other uh, theories you want to talk about? Uh, I think I, that's that's pretty much it. Like yeah. uh, one more thing. I mean, 
one thing is that like Vis- Vision's going to come back. He's going to stay white because uh, that's something else that happens in the comics uh, where he has like yeah. this entire like white suit the entire time. Um, so I think that's so going to be like, a thing. It's like the uh, what's it, the um, like Gandalf when yeah like similar Gandalf, yeah yeah. Um, and uh, I think the, like I think the stone's going to go back to him, um, but he's going to still be that white pale color. Um, and so you I don't think know. Shuri's going to come back and are they going to find Shuri's information and they're going to build him but without the stone he's going to be white you think that's I what's going to so. happen I think so I think 100% cool. is going to be especially um, to give like a good nod to the comics like if he's not white like I feel like everybody would be kind of upset about it yeah uh and it'd be like it'd be a really cool nod and uh overall would make sense like mm-hmm. uh narratively but also I just want Shuri back so let Shuri come back so she can fix him properly Please. yes I'm still so mad that when we recorded the first episode I was like Oh yeah, Shuri. She's gonna be in there. She's gonna be awesome. And then immediately after, we find out that she's not. <laughs> like we get nope, the, the posters, and I was like, "How dare they? How dare they?" But Valkyrie is still alive, though. Yeah. So I'm interested to see where she plays a role in this film because you know we haven't heard from her since Thor Ragnarok. We like she. I don't understand what happened with the ship, right? Because, it was like split in half. Because like so remember the ship was split in half. they kill okay. like half of the people uh, because it's Thanos. Mm-hmm. So he kills only half of the people on the on the uh, ship, and the other half are people are still alive. Uh, oh, um, okay. so the rest I of the rest of that, Asgard yeah. are still alive somewhere with somewhere. Uh, Valkyrie but then when you and, and Korg and whatnot. Like, when you think about it, they're already split in half, and then he s- snaps the universe. Do you think half of the half is gone now? It must be. Must be. But we know Valkyrie's alive. I don't think they said if uh, Korg was Yeah, alive. we have no idea for Korg, but I would love him to still be alive because Korg is the best. He is the best. I can't wait to talk about Thor Ragnarok. Um, oh, it's so good. Coming soon. Yeah, it's such a, such a fun film. But yeah, uh, Jared, again, thank you so much for hanging out and coming out here to talk to me about Doctor Strange. Very, very good movie. It's a, it's an orange story. That's all I got to say about it. It's good. Yeah. It's fun. There, it has its problems, but it's not a bad film. It's really great, especially visually, right? It's stunning. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, again, thank you. And then again, to follow him on Twitter at Queso Bros, if you want to see all them tweets. Um, all them his, tweets. <laughs> and his art Instagram at Queso Bros Art. Again, follow us on Twitter for the updates at the Snap MCU. And the next episode is going to be on Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Stay tuned for that. And yeah, thank you all for listening. 